I was previously creating content that was for a younger generation and yeah. the, the platform was YouTube yeah. and now the platform Snapchat and now the platforms yeah. um, TikTok and all the rest of it. Art is just content. Yeah. It's just brilliant content and the platform for it yeah. is a stage or a theatre. Yeah. So I think it's it's all kind of the same. It's how you can create content that truly inspires, connects and brings audiences together. Thanks for joining me here at the summit. Uh, we're here to talk to amazing inspirational leaders throughout the country on their personal journeys through work, through their life journeys of where their summit is and where they're on the journey. Today we're here with Randall, who is leading Factory International, an amazing new cultural space in Manchester, and we're here to learn all about it. Let's just kind of go back. Where did your career start and what, what was inspired you uh, at that stage in your life? Yeah, it's hard to always track back to where the start actually <laughs> when was begins, that moment, you know. Um, I was from a working class background in, yeah. in Nottingham and uh, my family um, worked incredibly hard to give me the opportunity to go to university and, and I had the choice to go to a good university and and uh, see how far that kind of academic path could take me. I'm not a natural student, I was awful, so bloody hard, I'm dyslexic, <laughs> it was a challenge. Basically to get into my university, it was an academic university, I had to study something of academic discipline or repute, so I studied uh, English literature, which being dyslexic was, was probably a a challenge yeah. you know that I probably didn't need to put on myself and then to complement that I did I did film yeah. started working in film ended up in an apprenticeship in Canada and um, working for an Oscar winning director making some documentary and just blown away by the medium and the and the sector and just such a big film enthusiast anyway and then I went to work in film and I was talking to you early on about this um, film production kind of bringing that all back but I quickly realized that it, it wasn't quite for me you know the waking up at 4am to get the first light and then film in the evening scene and get into bed by about 2am and then uh, production life wasn't for me I tried my hand in editing and realized that you just don't see your family or friends for weeks and you sit in a dark box moving images around screen um, so yeah I, lo I loved it but I realized that maybe working in the in front of camera or yeah. behind camera wasn't yeah. lighting my fuse. And yeah. I think actually there's something about taking a step back and saying, is it, I always thought this was going to be my dream, you know, working in production, working on set. Yeah. And then you take a step back and say, actually, I just don't feel that connection. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't spark a fuse for me. And what I did realise that did get me excited was you can approach uh, problem solving with creativity. So thinking about how you can be creative in strategic roles and actually started working in digital marketing for film and TV companies. Um, and that was the catalyst, really, starting to look at strategy, how we can get film and TV companies to build new relationships with audiences that they traditionally hadn't been able to reach because it was a digital content revolution, all that good stuff. And it was a propelled trajectory from there, really, getting at the right time, working yeah. in that digital content space, working for Universal Pictures on their digital strategy, then at Endemol Shine, yeah. about their kind of how they could build that original IP for new digital audiences. And then I suppose my trajectory to Factory International, you know, I went into the education space for a little while and started to realize that I wanted to build a career around social purpose and yeah. find, you know, meaning. And everyone that I was working with, brands, partners, all were looking to to, to find meaningful connections with yeah. audiences. And I think that generation, you know, the younger generation, if you don't stand for something, if you're not positive in, in the way your brand or your content is looking to connect, then you'll just fail to to yeah. really have a relationship with that demo. And so I suppose Factory International approached me 
um, about this incredible new cultural project that's taken over. Tell us all about it. It's very new, so I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Factory International is a generationally defining um, cultural movement in, in the North. It's going to be an exceptional venue um, that's going to re-energise and re-galvanise an area of Manchester that's been neglected for a fair while. It's down in the St John's estate, which is home to Granada Studios and Coronation Street, but it was kind of locked off to Manchester for a long while. Um, and now it will have a world-class arts and culture venue at the epicentre of a new cultural district. Wow. It is a very ambitious project. Um, hopefully you'll be able to see some visuals and understand kind of the visual um, architectural... Look. It, looks, it looks stunning, I mean, yeah. It's a, it's a phenomenal, yeah. memorable building, you know, it really stands out. Yeah. Um, but the whole concept was how you can create an arts and culture venue that has a hybrid purpose. So instead of just having a music hall, instead of just having a gallery space, instead of just having a, a theatre, all in isolated locations around a city, this kind of brings it all together so that you can have multidisciplinary artistic experiences happening in their own space in the venue or taking over um, the, the entire space itself. And then the real trick, the rabbit out of the hat kind of moment with the building is all the doors slide in and out so you can actually partition it or you can open it up. Um, I wish it was at the click of a button, but it actually <laughs> takes people to manually hard work. <laughs> move, the, move the walls around the venue. But um, no, it's going to be um, it's going to be a sensational project, and also it will have a public realm, and it will have a lot of space for people that traditionally don't think the arts are for them. You know, not necessarily confident enough to commit to buying a ticket. We're trying to bring a bit of that South Bank kind of energy, yeah. celebrating the River Irwell. We'll have a public realm with some green spaces, which Manchester is desperate for. So yeah. they should have a nice um, appeal to, to everyone in Manchester, feel like they can come and get a yeah. bit of sanctum, get a bit of an escape from kind of the urban city. Yeah. So I'm hoping we create that kind of green oasis for the city as well. And when is it due to be opened? So we're going to be celebrating it with the uh, festival this year. Okay. So we've got our main exhibition, yeah. Yoyo Kusama, happening yeah. in the warehouse in June. Wow. Um, and we'll be gearing up to our main opening with um, an exceptional programme that we're launching called Free Mind with uh, Danny Boyle, who's uh, reimagining The Matrix, a uh, host of performers, dancers, um, an immersive kind of theatre. So. And how long has this project been in the oven for? Has it been, has it, I assume, has it taken a long time to kind of... I yeah, you'd think it was slightly it. overbaked, right? It's, yeah. been, it's, it's been in the oven for a fair while. I think it's fair to say, no, look, it's, um, it was ideated yeah. um, a good while ago, really, and it was all about how, during that levelling up agenda for yeah. the North, how people could actually introduce new money yeah. into this part of the cultural yeah. ecology. Um, so that was always the emphasis, really, kind of back in the George Osborne days, which was thinking about you know his, his commitment to levelling up, but not just realigning money yeah. from one part of the north to the other is about how you can make a significant investment into yeah. into kind of a leveling up agenda how difficult has that been in practice to really say well how do you find that new money how do we really make manchester the place to invest this rather than london for example has it, has it been difficult or the commitment that's been made is that yeah. is outstanding yeah. in terms of the the, the amount that yeah. has been committed to the project whether it's hard i mean i, I would flip it on its head i'd say it's nay time for it to yes. to feel those significant investments come into this part of, of the UK. And then if you start thinking about Manchester as a city, it's always been a city that's a disruptor, it's always been an innovator, it's always been culturally yeah. enlivened. And so if you're thinking about a destination where you'd say, actually, if we want to create a, a cultural pivot yeah. in some other area of the UK other than yeah. London, 
Um, Manchester's got all the ingredients to make Absolutely. that a success. Very young city, very creative city. There's great energy. There's already great hospitality. You can feel the growth of the city happening yeah. kind of every time you visit, there's something yeah. changing. So right, no, I'd, I'd say it's, it's, it's absolutely an essential and logical decision <laughs> for government to be making to think about these big investments outside of, of London, you know. You know, what an amazing kind of, you know, as you said, that cultural pivot, what a great word, right? Really injecting that into Manchester and, and the North is going to be fascinating. The ambition of the creative work that will be exhibited in that space will be world class. Yeah. You know, we'll go there and see things that, completely blow our minds yeah. and broaden our horizons. That's a fact. That will yeah. just happen because of the scale yeah. and the dynamism of the building. Now, to have that type of creative work happening in a city like Manchester, no one can expect how radically that will impact their expectations of what art and yeah. culture should look <laughs> and feel like. You know, yeah. So people will go there and all of a sudden their benchmark or horizons should for exposure to world-class yeah. artistic and cultural work will elevate. Yeah. And uh, and even if you don't like the show, I always think, well, you know, it will just expand your horizons from the thing that you liked the least previously. <laughs> and then all of a sudden that wasn't so bad. And you're like, actually, you know what? So no, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be um, radically yeah. um, beneficial to people in Manchester. And one of the things I'm personally really excited about is, you know, how you inspire young people. And, you know, what kind of things are you thinking about to ensure that young people today can access this inspiration that you want to provide to them? Maybe they can't afford to. I mean, how are you thinking about that? So everything we do at, at Factory International is underpinned by commitment to communities yeah. and, and a massive part of that commitment are to, to young people yeah. that haven't traditionally had the access or privilege to, yeah. to think the arts are for them. Yeah. So we run a programme called Factory Academy, yeah. um, which is set up to provide pathways for young individuals into a creative sector that maybe has neglected them or seen unattainable previously. That's through a huge range of programs, everything from kind of really focused apprenticeships through to traineeships, short courses, understanding that we've got to go to them. You know, it's not yeah. all about getting them into a lecture room and, and having that kind of really traditional, disciplined academic study. We've got online courses, we've got light touch bases. We just want people to engage with us and to learn and to, to get excited. So I think that's from the educational perspective, yeah. connecting with young people. That creates pathways literally into yeah. our organisation. We've yeah. hired a number of individuals. It gives them the opportunity to get themselves jobs and careers in a broad range of sectors, not just in the arts. Yeah. You know, They're learning skills about project management, yeah. um, uh, data literacy. They're learning things about production, technology. So hopefully it's a pathway into really expansive and exciting careers. And then young people Generally, you know, the programme needs to embrace young artists and, and creatives. Yeah. We need a space where they feel like they can learn their trade, maybe pilot things, but then think, actually, I want to take over this exceptional yeah. creative space in five, ten years. How do I build my craft to a, to a level where I can put productions on of that scale? And then there's going to be lots of music. Uh, <laughs> you know, there'll be lots of music and, and gigs and raves happening in the venue, so it should feel like a really vibrant, young and cool space. I guess... The arts world is completely being, you know, transformed, disrupted, whatever you want to call it, by kind of digital uh, opportunities, whether that's AI, whether that's Web3 and so on and so forth. How, how are you thinking about that in, in, this, in this building? The vision statement for the organisation is Invent Tomorrow Together. Yeah. It's all about forward-thinking yeah. uh, approaches to creating engagement through the arts. Yeah. So an example of that, um, we've already built the factory in the game and engine Fortnite. 
So you can actually go into Fortnite and you can um, descend onto the factory and that's kind of commissioned and, and being created by a range of different artists, which just, again, understanding how to reach audiences that traditionally very cool. wouldn't feel it as accessible. Collaborating on platforms that they're already familiar yeah. with and excited by. Um, but you've just touched upon, you know, what is a technological revolution that's happening right now with AI and what is the potential for those experiences to create truly new work in, yeah. in the art world is it's exciting. Okay. Um, and I wouldn't have any examples as to what the future <laughs> looks like quite yet, but it's, it's, it's with us, you know, we yeah. will see that, um, that technology really transform how we create and engage people with art content. Well, it's interesting, there seems to be convergence, it's, it's really interesting to your career history, almost from a content creation, creativity perspective, merging with the arts world, digital, you know, digital art, digital creativity, yeah. you know, the new careers of the future there. It feels like a really exciting space. Yeah, I mean, I simplify it when people say, well, what's the relevant experience you've had in your career yeah. to, to shift to this? And just say, you know, when I was previously creating content that was for a younger generation and yeah. the, the platform was YouTube yeah. and now the platform's Snapchat and now the platform's yeah. um, TikTok and all the rest of it. Art is just content. Yeah, It's just brilliant content. And the platform for it yeah. is a stage or a theatre. Yeah. So I think it's it's all kind of the same as how you can create content that truly inspires, connects, and brings audiences together. Yeah. I try and simplify it even for my own rationale yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, that, in that framework, you know. What would your vision for Manchester be in the, in the world stage? I think Manchester is one of the world's great second cities. Mm. I think second cities are where things happen. Yeah. You know, if you look at, you know, Barcelona, if you look at LA, you know, these are cities that just are really culturally exciting yeah. and almost don't have to have the same levels of uh, pre-established ways of doing things yeah. that you often get in the capital city, yeah. which is a lot more around government policy, yeah, yeah, politics, yeah. big business, all that sort of stuff. So I think uh, Manchester is on par with yeah. the world's great second cities. I'd love to see more wellness be introduced to Manchester, yeah. more green spaces. Yeah. I think Manchester's a great place to have uh, brilliant pizza and yeah. I love craft beer so like you know <laughs> but I'd love to see as Manchester um, grows up yeah. and grows into itself more uh, focus on organic foods yeah. um, green spaces holistic living and I think inevitably it'll need to do that because people are now staying in Manchester students are staying in Manchester yeah. people are actually looking at Manchester as not being a place where they'll transiently experience part of their life they're saying actually I want to have family kids and yeah. want to build my life here and in order to do that, Manchester needs to be able to cater for a slightly um, older demographic that are, that are not just looking <laughs> at, you know, hip-hop chip shop and, uh, and craft beers, but looking for something a little bit um, more yeah. balanced. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I love Manchester. I think it's exactly, for me, what you say, it's a second city. You go to places like Philadelphia in the US and places like that where you really see that yep. arts and the cultural transformations happening there, and you see the opportunity for that in Manchester, I think it'd be absolutely you know, phenomenal. So, yeah, fantastic. And also just... The pride of having the world's greatest creative work happening yeah. in the city yeah. will will mean that we are on par with our contemporaries outside yeah. of the UK. You know yeah. what I mean? Because people will say, oh, did you see that exceptional show? Yeah. Well, the only place you could see it was Manchester. Yeah. And so I think that's, um, that's going to add a lot of... It's going to shift the mentality on a yeah. global scale for how people perceive Manchester. It feels like there's a really interesting space right now, obviously with the way the kind of content in Netflix and so on in the world, the way they're kind of commissioning content... Feels like the UK is a big opportunity there for us. What, what's your view of that kind of whole world at the moment? Yeah, look, I think as a 
as a production hub, yeah. the UK is doing exceptionally yeah. well. I don't think you can really book a production space at a large scale yeah. because they are all currently being utilised um, from everything from Star Wars to The Crown to yeah. Netflix's latest series. So the UK's always had a history of incredible high-value production quality, yeah. and the content we still make is world, world-class, right? Yeah. There's, no, there's no doubt about that. I would say there's an interesting... I, I've worked in that kind of nexus between influencer content and digital platform content and TV and yeah. proper drama. Yeah. And I'd love, I'm really excited to think about what the evolution of TikTok's going to be, what the evolution of creators is yeah. going to be. Is it actually that's, that's enough? You know, <laughs> I'm an influencer and I'm on TikTok and that's my audience and I don't really want to yeah. kind of move from there or, or is there something else that, yeah. that will evolve out of that? And then AI, you know, we've touched about it a second ago, but now I've just come back from South by Southwest and some of the technology that enables people without all of the technical skills and the, the licenses to very expensive production yeah. software, yeah. it enables them to make movies with three actors <laughs> and they can add AI CGI onto yeah. different characters That's to crazy. basically create a cast of 10 or 20 yeah. in multiple different locations in fantastical worlds. Yeah. Um, and so all of a sudden, that democratizes the opportunity for young individuals or individuals to tell really high-end, radical and exciting stories. Um, so maybe that, if I was to be a bit of a futurist, I'd say wouldn't be interesting if you could have an influencer or just a young kid in their bedroom with a great idea that is able to produce almost Hollywood scale films and movies in weeks, if not months. And all of a sudden that's quite mad, isn't it? Because previously you'd yeah, need yeah, yeah. hundred million pound budget and hundred yeah, different yeah, yeah. people on set. And, and now actually looking at the creativity. Yeah. Which is, um, that's going to be wild. That's going to be radical. Yeah. If you move from kind of let's call it commercial orientated organizations and you've moved down to kind of a public funded more social purpose mission how's that transition been for you and how have you had to adapt or not and how, how do you find it yeah it's radically different right night and day different i mean the the first thing i'd say is um i obviously joined this organization during the pandemic yeah. which was almost the great pause for a lot of people to do huge amounts of self-reflection about who they are in the world what they want to do um and how we can be a bit more conscientious and then there was obviously the murder of george floyd which had a massive impact with regards to how we all started to really engage with our own approach to qualities and racial justice and and that for me is the most unique thing about working in the cultural sector people are genuinely invested and enthusiastic about creating equity yes. and more um, kind of equal and just societies. Yeah. And that, for me, coming from the commercial world, I probably I wasn't very nourished in that sense yeah. because the commercial world, you kind of just get stuff done and yeah. if you've got to rattle a few cages or whatever, yeah. you know, you're not the most conscientious in the way yeah. that you approach work. Um, so that was a huge journey for me, you know, and I've spent years changing the way that I yeah. see leadership and management to be very much more inclusive and more democratic and more sensitive and, and understanding actually that individuals now um, have the right to be themselves and express themselves at work. You know, we work flexibly. If you want to wear your hair out, wear your hair out. If yeah. you want to wear makeup or, yeah. you know, you want to express yourself in any way, then, then work has to embrace that. Yeah. Um, and that's been 
brilliant for me actually. Yeah. Um, but it takes a bit of, I mean, in terms of leadership, it takes a bit of nuance in terms of how do you best support people's individuality at work yeah. rather than just expecting them to comply with yeah. the way work should be or traditionally has been. So that's a big shift. I think the other one for me would be there's a level of uh, strategic acumen that you get in the commercial sectors, you know, like in terms of project management, data, insights, analytics, you know, people want to know why we made that investment and what did it return. And so that's the question for every commercial (laughs) business, really. And and so you have to be very astute in your ability to answer and respond to that. And the cultural sector has probably been lacking that. And we've tried to introduce lots of that data-centric thinking and, and getting people to really commit to systems. Yeah. And if you're an artist that just wants to make great radical work, actually, how much do you care about CRMs or yeah. databases? <laughs> or, so that's been a, been a journey, but I think a very, very exciting space for the arts yeah. at the moment. Then the third thing I'd say is um, commercial instinct. You know, it's not the most high-priority consideration in a cultural centre. It's more... You know, how can we make sure that we inspire lives for the better, you know, if you wanted to put a catch-all on it. So trying to introduce that commercial imperative um, is challenging. Um, But I do believe that people are starting to see that the arts needs to be a bit of a mixed economy. And there's no reason why having a great commercial hire by Adidas or JD Sports that brings in a really young demographic that have a great experience with the venue... You know, that means that we've got access to a new audience that we can then bring into the arts world. So I think people are starting to understand there's lots of benefits of commercial activities taking place in cultural venues and the crossed kind of osmosis of audiences that you can get from that. So um, I think it's just a great time. I think it's a really exciting time for arts organisations to be thinking slightly differently with this approach to, um, to, yeah, commercial and and, uh, kind of data informed strategy you know, so. <laughs> so your own summit are you on that journey what would you say your summit looks like my commitment really is providing pathways and opportunities for people yeah. that that haven't um had that you know sometimes when you're from working class backgrounds you can think your opportunities are the sum of your circumstance you know yeah. that that's your horizon is blocked from really exciting and incredible views because that's the environment that you're in everything that i want to do with the rest of my career really is about providing access and opportunity. So I think things like Factory Academy, I really enjoyed my time working in EdTech and and that was a really, really brilliant opportunity there. Um, And I've got nieces and nephews. And so for me, this project opens the door for my family and generations of my family to think that arts and culture is something that belongs to them, is something that they're invited to explore and play. And, And so that really is my, I don't want to sound cheesy, but but it's a North Star, you know, if I can, if I can have generations of my family actually think, oh, you know what, that's really interesting. My uncle used to do this crazy thing in the arts world. Maybe (laughs) we should check that out. You know, that would be, um, that would be the the summit, I suppose, if we were to look at it like that. Inspiring generations. Art's about inspiration, right? And you want to, you want to be that. And that's, that's a fantastic, uh, fantastic thing. Thanks, Randall. Super inspirational. I think what you're doing is really incredible. I think, you know, it's going to have a legacy in Manchester for generations to come. So personally, thank you very much. And what an inspiring conversation. And thank you for listening as well and joining us today. I hope you really enjoyed that. If you, if you did, please leave us a review, rate us and let us know any particular guests that you'd like to see in the future. Thank you very much. <laughs>